the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 6. And we will find our scripture text for today starting at verse 5. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room and when you have shut your door, Pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, Do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you even ask him. Amen. Amen. Thank you for standing for the reading of God's word. Amen. This afternoon, I just want to speak with you for a few moments from the thought, praying for prayer's sake. Praying for prayer's sake. Once again, we, we realize that we are in the Sermon on the Mount. Amen. We are dealing with the manifesto of the king of the kingdom of God. And his name is Jesus. The requirements, his, his desires for us as citizens of the kingdom, the laws that govern that kingdom are found in the Sermon on the Mount. Remember that the Sermon on the Mount is chapters 5, 6, and 7, ending in verse 29 of chapter 7. And in this we find how we are to operate, how we are to behave as children of the king, as we are living in kingdom citizenship. The rule of the kingdom of God is the comprehensive rule of God over every aspect of our lives. God is not a partial God. He's an all or nothing God. 99 and a half won't do. He wants all of you. He wants 100% of you in all areas of your life dealing with relationships and behavior all over the place. We find in the Sermon on the Mount that God is covering all of the concepts, all of the thoughts, all of the themes that fulfill our lives. Amen. And so today we are dealing with prayer. Last week we dealt with our charitable deeds, our giving. Amen. But Jesus is getting to the bottom of a problem that he sees in the leaders of his day. Amen. And he deals with his leaders because leaders are influential. Amen. The activities, the way that they behave 
also find themselves coming up in those who follow that leadership. Amen. If they're going to operate one way, those who are learning from them who are their disciples will then produce the same results. And I'm here to let you know today that God is not interested in rotten apples. Amen. Deteriorated and broke down oranges. I mean, God is not interested in diseased seeds. Amen. He is interested in those who produce good fruits. Amen. Amen. And so God is looking at this in the person of Jesus Christ and he is confronting a problem in the leaders of that day. It is a serious problem by which at times God says, woe unto you. And that problem is hypocrisy. They had hypocrisy in giving, hypocrisy in prayer. They had hypocrisy in their leadership. There is hypocrisy all over the place. And Jesus is going head on with that issue. Because hypocrisy is a dangerous thing, y'all. Because hypocrisy gives you whitewashed sepulchers full of excess and distortion. Hypocrisy gives you folks that look good on the outside, but are evil and dirty on the inside. See, that's a problem because Jesus is not looking on the outward man. He's looking on the inward. So we can come dressed in the quote-unquote best of church clothes, but that means nothing if your heart is not right with the Lord. And see, God is able to look past our actions and see our motivations. See, that's one thing that we can't see about one another, but God can. And so the king of the kingdom, amen, is saying, get your motivations right. And whatever that you do that's supposed to be for me, I know whether it is for me or not. So here we come to a text that now he's dealing with the leader's prayer. He's dealing with the way that they carry themselves and they carry about in the activity of prayer. He says in verse 5, he says, and when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites. He calls out this hypocrisy right at the beginning. He says, this is not a movie. This is not a theater presentation. Amen. This is not a, a play for audiences to watch. And you shouldn't be an actor. Amen. You, you shouldn't be in character. You ought to be in your true character. See, that's what he was getting at. He said, don't be an actor. Don't be a hypocrite who looks like you're religious, looks like you're righteous, but in trueness, you're an evil, venomous snake who are biting and poisoning and killing my people. John the Baptist, when he came on the scene, he said, you brood of vipers. I like that about John the Baptist. He wasn't scared of nobody. Amen. And those religious leaders had much influence, but John didn't care because he knew that he was serving someone who transcended and was greater than any of those leaders of that day. 
And here is Jesus confronting the same leaders in their hypocrisy in prayer. He says in the text, he says, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets. Got to stop right there for a minute. Jesus is saying they love to pray when everybody's watching. And I just feel in the spirit of this text that they did a lot of praying when everybody was watching, but they didn't do any praying when it was in the quiet time and they were supposed to be talking with the Lord. So they, they, they had a form of godliness, but not according to knowledge. Amen. Amen. They had a zeal for God, but it wasn't incongruence with God. It was incongruent. It was out of his will because they were self-righteous in their prayers. They get out on the, in the synagogues where other religious folks were to hear them pray their colorful prayers and to be able to say to them, oh, Rabbi, you sure did pray. Amen. They were looking for the accolades. They were looking for the, the, the uh, flattery from the people. See, the problem is God knows where you are in your mind and heart. And he's sitting high and looking low and saying, hmm, he's praying, but I don't know who he's praying to. Because none of these prayers are going anywhere. They're barely reaching the ceiling. Amen. You can pray and pray hard. You can pray with sweat coming from your brow. But if you're praying for other people's uh, uh, admonition or you're praying so that folks can say good things to you, amen, then you have missed the mark. Prayer is prayer between you and God. Amen. Now, this text is not advocating that we throw out corporate prayer. Because a church that prays together, amen, stays together. This is biblical in that God, as a body of believers, he wants us to come together and pray. But he doesn't want us to come together and pray so that, that we can uh, show how well we can pray in front of other folks so that they can be impressed by what we do. Amen. He wants us to come and pray together as a body, acknowledging that we are one and we are all dependent upon the Lord. But the problem here is, I believe by implication too, is that when all of this prayer is going on in the synagogue and on the street, the, the, the authenticity of the prayer is off and it really is not about kingdom building. It's not about folks getting healed. It's not about folks getting delivered, but it's all about showing how good they can pray. God's not receiving that kind of prayer. If we go into prayer when we're in the corporate room in order to impress others or to get favors or to get a little strike on our list because we thought about somebody or somebody else, that's not good enough. That's not good enough because God is looking for us to pray to him in sincerity. Amen. Not in duplicity. Not in hypocrisy. Amen. Amen. Man, sometimes, sometimes we could get caught up in the prayer and we get caught up and we're praying at somebody instead of praying to the Lord. 
There are times I've heard that I've heard that you were wondering if they're praying at all. It seems like they're having a congregation, a conversation with somebody in the congregation. Amen. But that's not true prayer. That's not the kind of prayer that God receives. Amen. So when we look at our text, we see that it's all about being seen. It's all about being heard by men. Amen. Instead of being heard by God. I, I don't know about you, but uh, praying to men has never um, resulted in what I needed from the Lord. Amen? Amen. And, and you know, if I can't get my words out right to where they even make sense to anybody else, that's all right. Because God hears. And you know what? When, when we pray, you... You, we, we, because of this kind of um, influence of, of wondering if other people hear how well we pray, we don't need to worry about that. If we pray our prayer and it ends up coming out backwards, that's all right, because God knows how to turn it around. The key to this is that God says, you have not because you ask not. And you don't ask the right person. Amen. These guys were praying and their prayers were going nowhere because they weren't praying to God. They were praying so that they get accolades. Amen. And so God is saying, don't be like them. Don't be hypocritical in your prayer. Be real. Amen. It's better to be real and not pray to be unreal and pray. Amen. Amen. At least you're on the right path. Amen. But when you're hypocritical, you're way off. Amen. So when we look at our text, he says to them, as they look to be seen by men, he says unto them, they have their reward. Once again, as we studied on last week, God gives you over to just that reward. Your reward in the end for all that prayer is maybe you sure did good. You sure did pray today. But, but did that fix your financial issue? Did that fix your heart condition? Did that fix the issues of life and your relationship? Did that give you the peace and the joy that you were looking for from the Lord? Well, Amen. That's the real question. Not that your reward ends in somebody saying he or she sure can pray. Because you can't take that to the spiritual bank of God. Amen? You can't, you can't cash that in because it has no value. That's what the Lord is saying. You have gotten your reward but it has no value at all. Amen? And so, so when we look at our text he then comes back with instructions and says, but when you pray go into your room and when you have shut your door pray to your father who is in the secret place. He's saying, now get your orientation back right. Not praying so folks can know, but that your father can hear in heaven. That's the only prayers that have any power, amen? It's prayers to the one who got all power in his hand. And God in his so loving way, amen, also allows us to see that for the Christian there is a new relationship, amen. That we're not just master and servant, but we are father 
and son, father, and daughter. He says, go into your place and pray to your father. He says, your father desires to take care of you. He desires to do the good things for you because he loves you. And the last thing he wants is to find out that you want to talk to everybody else except him. Now, I don't know about you, but those of you who have children, amen, when you find out that your children are more concerned about talking to all their friends and other folks outside of the house and not talking to you, amen, that's a hurtful feeling, ain't it? When you look around and say, how you doing today? And they say, fine. But then they get on the phone and they talk for hours to their friends. See, this is what this is like when the the leaders are praying and we are praying to everybody else and not praying to the Lord. We're praying a prayer that sounds like we're praying to God, but if we're going for the accolades and impressing of the people, we're talking to somebody else. And God's saying, wait, hold on, I'm up here. Amen. I'm not out there. I'm not with them. I'm in here. It's like a parent said, you know what, put that phone down. Get off that phone and talk to me. Amen. The one who, who feeds you and clothes you and puts shelter over your head, talk to me sometime. The Lord is saying, talk to me who woke you up this morning. Talk to me who started you on your way. Talk to me who gave you the faculties of your mind. He's saying, talk to me. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't stand out there and act like you're talking to me, but you're really talking to everybody else. Amen. God is a jealous God and he will have no other gods before him. Amen. Amen. And so as we go on in our text, amen, he says, I, I want some quiet time with you. I, I, I want you to get alone with me. Amen. Parents understand this right now. They want some time, some one-on-one time with their children. Amen. They want to know what you're thinking, what, what's going through your mind. Amen. They want to see what your aspirations of your life are. What are, you, what are you thinking about? Are you hurting? Is there any pain in your life? Is there any questions that you won't answer? Parents are sitting there waiting to hear from their children. But when the children come in the door and you say, how was your day? And you say, fine. And go sit down. Kids go, fine. Or don't say nothing at all. It hurts the parent, doesn't it? When you find out that you, you have called your children amen and they got your message, huh? But they wouldn't return your call. That stuff hurts, doesn't it? But you know that they're running up the phone bill, amen, amen, talking to everybody else. But you want some one-on-one time with your children. You want some quiet time. You want some time that you and them can get together and have real conversation. And our Father in heaven is that kind of parent too. He wants us to set aside some time, amen, to actually talk with him. Not to be, uh, what's the word, distracted by other things and other people. But he wants our undivided attention. So he says, find your way 
to your room, to your inner room, a place of sanctuary, a place away from everybody else so that you can talk to me in the secret place of the most high God. Amen. He says, I want you to get there because I want to hear from you. I love you so much. I want you to communicate with me. I don't want you to be a hypocrite and you telling and showing everybody else, oh, I love my mother, I love my father, uh, uh, and I, I, I do this and I do this with them, but behind closed doors you find out there's no communication at all. It's all a front. It's all a look good. You come to church and, and, and you, you, you looking like that you really care about your parents, but when you go away, when you go away, when folks ain't watching, amen, then you treat them like dirt. Wow. This is what this is like to be a hypocrite, amen, in your prayer. That you come to the synagogue, you come to the church, you be in these public places where that you can pray. And it looks like you are loving God amongst everybody else. But when you get to your secret place, you're not talking to God at all. So God is saying, no, 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 that's not what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for you to be a hypocrite. Letting the world say that you love me so much, but you don't. Because you don't even talk to me. Them prayers out there in the street, I never heard them. Amen. I heard you mouthing things, but I never heard you say nothing to me. See, that's what's going on in this text. See, Jesus likes to get to the brass tacks of the matter. He likes to get down deep into your heart and find out, do you really love me? Or are you just mouthing? Are you just going through the motions? Or do you really want to talk with me? Do you really want to walk with me? Do you really want to have conversation with me? Or is it just something to do? Is it just something to do to come and pray and to come to church? And then the rest of the week, I don't even know that you exist. Yeah, I know that you might be doing these things, but I don't hear from you. I hear that you're saying things, but you're not saying them to me. Amen. Don't be a hypocrite in your prayer. Because this hurts the heart of our Father. Amen. So as we go on in this text, amen, they got their reward. And their reward, when you take it to the bank to catch it, it ain't worth a thing. Because God said, I never heard from you. I, I, I never heard you call my name. I, I never felt you. I never, you, you never called my number. You were calling a lot of numbers, but not mine. Amen. I heard that you said something about my name, but I didn't hear from you. Amen. And it's going to be a lot like that for those that Jesus talks about in another parable. Amen. When he said, when they say to him, they say, uh, uh, Lord, open the door and let us in. And they say, he says, he looks at them and he says, I, I didn't know you. I don't, I don't know you. Who are you? And they say, well, didn't we cast out demons in your name? Didn't we, didn't we do tread upon scorpions in your name? But the father says, I never knew you. See, that's the tricky thing about life is that you can carry on a lot of stuff but not have a connection with God. The 11th chapter of Romans lets us know that our gifts 
or without repentance. Amen. That God gives gifts that we can use and we can be gifted, but our character can be flawed. In other words, we can have gifts, but that doesn't mean we have a good relationship with God. Amen. It's a scary thing to find out at the end of the day that all that you have done and God says, I never knew you. All of this sanctimonious, ceremonial stuff that's going on. And God said, you never spoke with me. I, I never heard your voice. Yeah, it's written down here that you went to New Zion every week. And it's written down that you prayed. But I don't know who you were praying to. Because my phone never rang, colloquially speaking. I, I never heard from you. I, I heard that you did a lot of praying, but you weren't praying to me. I don't know anything about you. Amen? Amen. And so our text goes on to say, he says, but the Father loves us so much that he says, if you get to your secret place and you, and you pray to me and you you, you call me and you talk with me. I just want to hear from you. And I want to know that you care enough to share your life with me. And I will share mine with you. And he says, just because you did that, it gives joy to my heart, the father said. And so much so that the father said, and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. See, God is waiting to bless his people. Amen. Amen. But he wants you to talk to him first. Amen. Amen. That's why he says that you have not because you ask not. Amen. He says you never talk to me. But if you just talk to me for a while, instead of talking to everybody else, I got a blessing for you. Amen. See, I got some stuff that eyes have not seen, nor ears have heard. Nor have it entered into the hearts of men the good things that the Lord has in store for us. But it starts with asking. It starts with some asking and it shall be given. It starts with some seeking and ye shall find. It starts with some knocking and the door shall be opened. But not knocking on our neighbor's door, but knocking on the door of the Lord. And so as I come to a close, amen, God wants to bless but he want to hear from you first. Amen. He, he wants to know that you really care about having a relationship with him. And, and God doesn't want to be a one-armed bandit in your life either. He doesn't just want to hear from you when you want something. God, give me this. God, give me that. He's just like we are as parents. We don't just want to hear when you want something. Amen. Amen. I don't know about you. It bothers me when my children don't talk to me for weeks and weeks at a time. But then all of a sudden, when, when all kind of hell has broken loose, chaos has ensued, now the phone rings. And instead of asking me, how are you doing? They're asking me for something. Well, that hurts me because I said, all this time, you were more concerned about somebody else or something else. When, when I was looking for you to call or talk, when I left you messages and you didn't return them, that hurt me. Amen. God leaves messages for us, but do we return them? Amen. As a parent, that hurts the Lord. Amen. Amen. And then everybody is bragging on somebody. Amen. In other words, they're bragging on the father, but they're never talking to him. Amen. Praise be to God who's the head of my life and uh, 
and he is my life who woke me up this morning and started me on my way. And the Lord sometimes is saying, hmm, well, you know that's true, but when are you going to talk to me? During the week when you're working and talking with everybody else, I want to talk to you sometime. You say I'm the head of your life. You say that all glory and honor is given to me, but you can't even talk to me? You can't even have an authentic conversation with me? God is saying, that hurts me. That's a hypocrite. And that hurts the heart of God. But God is saying here he wants to bless us. He wants to bless us because that's, he's that kind of God. But he wants to hear from us first. I, I don't know about you parents, but there's some things that I would have done for my children, amen, if they had to communicate with me a little more. There's still some things that I know that I didn't do because they were too busy with everybody else. Yeah, they talked to me, amen, amen, but Time gets by too far. Amen. Time gets by too far. And there's some things that you'd want to do, but they didn't have time for you. They didn't have time to receive those things. And God is saying, sometimes we don't have enough time for him. Amen. And we miss some of the blessings that God has for us. We get caught up in our situations. We get caught up in the issues of life. And we never call on the Lord. We pick up the phone and we call our psychiatrist, our psychologist. We pick up the phone and we call our friends, but we never call on the Lord. For some reason, we get caught up and we believe that our friends and our, our, our professionals have a better answer than God does. But that hurts the Lord. The Lord wants to hear from you first. It's all right to talk to friends and counselors. But put God first. God says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all this other stuff, it'll be added on to you. All the resolutions to your issues in your relationship, all the problems with your finances falling short, all of the issues with your job and all the issues with your family, all of that stuff can be rectified by God if you seek him first. He wants to hear from you first before anybody else does. Amen. Amen. And he wants some one-on-one quality time with you. And so as I come to a close, amen, he says, and when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them. For your father knows the things that you have need of before you even ask. He's talking about the Gentiles and their prayer where it's like the more they pray and say the same thing, the more intensity that it causes on their God in order to respond to their prayers. God is saying, I'm not like the gods of the world. He says, I don't need you to just keep saying the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over and over again to me. I know. But I do need you to talk to me. I don't need you to go out and figure out a formula by which you say, if I talk to the Lord enough times about this in repetition, then he'll answer. God is saying, I'm not that kind of God. I'm, I'm not, I'm not a, 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 
a roulette wheel that you got to keep spinning and keep spinning and waiting for the marble to hit right on your mark. Amen. He says, I know what you need before you even ask. He says, but what I really want is authentic conversation with you. I, I don't need special vain repetition. I don't need fancy words. I don't, I don't need big $5 words or a whole lot of repetition. I just need you to talk to me like a child would to his or her father. That's what he's saying. And he's saying this is the kind of prayer that works. And so the Christian's life should be a life that is a life of prayer. The Bible lets us know that we ought to pray without ceasing. The effectual fervent prayers of the righteous availeth much. The apostle James lets us know that if anyone is spiritually sick among us, let the elders of the church come and pray. See, God wants to do something special in the life of his people. But he wants to do it through authentic prayer. He don't want us to come being hypocrites, acting like we're talking to God, but we're really trying to impress people. He wants a heartfelt prayer that reaches heaven's gates and doesn't bounce off the ceiling of the sanctuary. And when you pray that kind of prayer, Sickness dispels. Financial issues run far away. Relationships are rebuilt. Churches are mobilized. Lives are changed. Because true and authentic prayer changes things. I heard, yes I heard, that our master, he prayed. He prayed for you and for me way before we were even thought of. He prayed the high priestly prayer of John chapter 17. And he prayed not only for the disciples that were living during that time, but he prayed for those who would come many decades and many centuries after him. And so that is an example for you and for me that our prayer can go past the secular of our lives. It can go past the now and the here and start to pray for our descendants. Start to pray for our children and grandchildren. Great-grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and great-great-grandchildren. We can pray down the line because the God that we serve, uh, he's from everlasting to everlasting. He's never hard of hearing. And he isn't a man that he should love. And he's God and he'll never die. Ain't that good news, children? And that that same God who taught us of these things in the Garden of Gethsemane, he prayed for you and for me. 
The Bible says uh, that he prayed so hard uh, that it was like drops of blood uh, coming from his forehead. He prayed. Yes, he prayed. Uh, and he was praying to be in God's will. And the story goes on uh, to say that the Romans came and got him later that night. And they took him to six kangaroo courts. He was in the court of Annas and then to the court of Caiaphas. He was then to the court of the Sanhedrin and then to the court of Pilate. From Pilate to Herod and from Herod back to Pilate. He didn't say a mumbling word. He didn't say I'm going to call down a legion of angels and destroy you. But he prayed to be in the Father's will. He said not my will but thy will be done. They whipped him all night long and they marched him down the Via Della Rosa. They took him outside of the walls of Jerusalem to a place called Golgotha's Hill. And they hung him high and they stretched him wide for me and for you. They put nails in his hands and nails in his feet. And after I was on that cross, at the ninth hour, he died. He died for the sins of the world. And they put him in a borrowed tomb. And after three days and three nights, he was early. Early Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hand. He's got all power to deal with the situations of your life. Jesus Christ stepped out on a cloud and went back to glory and is sitting at the right hand of the Father. Sitting there listening to hear you pray. Amen. And the Bible says he is interceding for you and for me. That's good news, children, if you're going to pray authentically to the Lord. Don't be like the hypocrites looking for the impression of man. But be sure that you get one-on-one -on -one conversation with the Lord because he wants to bless you and bless you real good. One of these days he's coming back for a church without spot or blemish. One of these days the dead in Christ shall rise and they that remain shall be caught up in the air. One of these days there will be no more pain and no more suffering. But if you have not a relationship with God, you can knock on that door and he will not open because he doesn't even know who you are. Right now is the time to get a relationship with God so that you have an eternal and authentic prayer. Right now the church reaches out to each and every one in this place who doesn't know the Savior, our Lord. That you get to know him today while the blood is running warm in your veins. The doors of the church are open. You can get to know the Lord today. You don't have to wait another minute, another second, another hour. You can get to know him today. The last thing that want to happen in anybody's life is that after they have lived this life 
looking like a Christian, amen, get to the doors of our master and he says, I have never known you. Today is the day of salvation. Just as you are, you can come, amen. It won't cost you nothing because Jesus has already paid it all. Almost 2,000 years ago, he paid that price. And he paid that price for us all. You can get to know him today. take a dip in. Amen. Amen. None came, but there's still plenty of good room. Amen. 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 If all of our hearts and minds are clear. Amen. Amen. Let us stand for our benediction. Amen. It's my hope and prayer. Amen. For all of us as a collective. Amen. To make sure that we're not just praying for praying's sake. Amen. But we're praying to talk to our Heavenly Father. Because He wants to bless us in ways that we would never, ever understand. But He says, you got to ask. Amen. Amen. Eternal God, our Father, Lord, we love you so much, for you first loved us. 
Lord, thank you for your word, O oh God, to allow us to understand that you love your children and you want us to be in relationship with you. Lord, you want us to be all about you and not about everybody else. Lord, thank you so much for showing us in your word, oh God, that you are a God that looks high and looks low. You are a God that sits up high in the heavenly of heavenlies, but yet you want to be as close to us as in the, the distance from which we can reach out to your hand. So Lord, help us to remember God, that you want a relationship with us in prayer, oh God. And as our days of our lives go along, Lord, let us not forget to speak with you a little while. Amen. To call you up, amen. Without a telephone, we can just call your name. But we got to have our hearts right, oh God. So Lord, help us to be right in your sight. And Lord, as we go from this place to our prospective homes and other destinations, Lord, I ask that you continue to put your loving arms of protection around us, oh God, and keep us from all hurt, harm, and danger. And Lord, keep Mother Collins, oh God. Lord, continue to heal her, oh God. Lord, we look forward to her being back with us, oh Master. Lord, and we, as we go on into days of our lives, oh God, let us remember the mission that we're on, to seek and to save that which is lost. So Lord, we love you and we lift you up, for you are so worthy to be praised. And Lord, as we prepare our hearts for our offering, oh God, Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you bless it, oh God. Lord, use these funds, Lord, for kingdom building, Lord. And we want to be so careful to give you all the praise and all the glory. These things we ask in the blessed name of Jesus and the whole church saying, Amen. Amen. Please be seated and obey our ushers. Amen.